Our text this morning comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. It's not the first time that Jesus has told His disciples that they need to have love in their hearts. But it is a new commandment. Because they've never been told to love this way before. Jesus tells them that they are to love each other in the same way that He has loved them. And He's telling them what love looks like. And He says this, He says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. You see, we don't need a lapel pin that's got a heart on it that says, I heart Jesus. And we don't need a bumper sticker on our car or our pickup that says, honk if you love Jesus. We just need to have love in our hearts for our fellow Christians. Somebody one time said love makes the world go round. Well, love may not make the world go round, but it does make the trip worthwhile. We need to love each other. And there is a great burning need for old-fashioned biblical love. What is love? Love is something that's very hard to explain. It's also something that's hard to express. Something that's hard to put into love. In the words, you can't even really put romantic love into words. People that try to explain what romantic love is like often end up like the legalistic preaching student was in college one time. This young man was preparing to enter the ministry. But he wanted to make sure that for everything he did in life, for everything he did, he had a scriptural basis for it. He felt if he was he was on solid ground for everything he did, if he could quote book, chapter, and verse in the Scriptures, for what he was going to do and to okay his actions. And everything worked out great for him. Life was good. Until one day he began to fall in love with a beautiful co-ed there on the campus. And they would go to the dining hall and they would go to the movies and they would go out to eat. And he wanted so badly, so badly he wanted to kiss her. But he'd looked... He searched from Genesis through Revelation and Revelation through Genesis. And nowhere could he find a Scripture that would okay him kissing this beautiful girl he'd fallen in love with. So, true to his conscience, every night he would walk her to the dormitory, look at her longingly and say, Good night, and walk away. And this went on for several weeks. And all the time, he's, he's searching his Bible. I mean, he's looking. And finally, 
he found a Scripture that he thought was going to give him the green light to go ahead and kiss this girl. Because he looked over there in the Roman letter that Paul had written, and Paul had written, greet each other with a holy kiss. He said, that's it. So he went to see his hermeneutics professor to make sure he was on solid ground biblically to kiss this girl. Well, the professor said, well, that passage is not dealing with you and this co-ed. That passage is in a church setting. It doesn't have reference to, to your particular situation. So once again, he resigns himself to the fact that being a legalistic preaching student, he doesn't have book, chapter, and verse authority to kiss this girl goodnight. But that night, he walked her to her dormitory, and once again, he started to just simply say goodnight. And as he said good, she grabbed him, pulled him into her, and she planted a ten-second kiss right on his lips. Well, he's about to have an anxiety attack and he's coming up for air and he says, Bible verse, Bible verse, Bible verse. She says, Whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. And she grabbed him and kissed him again. If somebody asked you this morning to describe romantic love, how would you describe it? How would you express it? How do you explain the butterflies in your stomach are like they're in the strategic air command, they're flying all the time? How do you explain to someone that you really can com communicate in complete sentences? Because sometimes you just can't do it around some members of the opposite sex. Someone one time said trying to explain romantic love, that's an inward expressibility of an outward all overishness. Figure that one out and get back to me. Love is something you feel. Stay with me. Love is something you feel when you feel you're going to feel a feeling that you've never felt before. It's just something you, you can't express it. It's just hard to express. Well, now the love I've been talking about there is obviously... Romantic love. But, how much more difficult is it to express the love of God? How would you go about expressing the love that Jesus talked about in our text? By this shall all men know you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. Even as I have loved you, so also you should love one another. And by this shall all men know you're my disciple. How are we going to know it, Lord? Because you have love one for another. How would you express that love? How would you go about trying to explain that love? Well, if you look at the first part of John chapter 13, you've got a beautiful example there. Because what Jesus is doing there is they've had supper. They're in the upper room in the city of Jerusalem. Jesus has eaten the Passover with His apostles. It's the last Passover He'll ever share with them. Supper's over. 
It's already been put, the devil's already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. And so they're sitting around the table, and Jesus takes off his outer garment, laid those aside carefully. He took a towel, wrapped it around himself like an apron, and he got a basin of water. And he went around the room. He started with Peter. And he went around the room to wash the feet of those men seated around that table. An act of service that was normally reserved for the lowest servant in the household. The most menial task there was. And Jesus girded himself with a towel, took a basin of water, and began to wash the disciples' feet. That doesn't explain the kind of love Jesus wants us to have. Folks, that illustrates the kind of love that Jesus wants us to have. The kind of love as we learn to love each other with the love Jesus wants us to have. You see, this love we're supposed to have, this love Jesus wants us to have for one another and for Him, it has some basic characteristics that the Lord wants us to possess. It's a selfless, selfless love. This washing of the feet was a custom in Bible times. Look again at verse 4. Look at verse 4 of chapter 13. Jesus rises from supper, laid aside His garments and took a towel and girded Himself. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this morning what that would feel like? People in that day and time walked everywhere they went. The roads of Palestine didn't have concrete or asphalt on them. They were just dusty roads. It was hot. Can you imagine how your feet would feel walking those hot and dusty roads of Palestine day in and day out? So it was a custom if you went into someone's house that the servant would come to you with a basin of water and a towel and would wash your feet. It was meant not only to cleanse them from the dust and dirt of the road, but it was also something that would relax them, renew them, and restore them. Because let's face it, if your feet hurt, then you pretty much hurt all over, don't you? Well, that particular night, with all the preparations that had been made for that Passover meal, no one had thought to make preparations for a servant. There was no servant there. And guess what? It never entered the apostle's mind 
that one of them might actually wash each other's feet. But here we see Jesus. He laid aside His garment. And there's a glorious lesson there. It's a picture of Jesus Christ my Lord laying His robes of glory aside. He laid aside His dignity, but He doesn't lay aside His deity. But He laid all the splendor and the glory and the majesty of His royalty and His kingship to the side. And He came to earth to serve us. He said, I came not to be ministered to, but to minister. I came to give my life a ransom for many. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. To love as Jesus loved is a love that is selfless. And that's uncharacteristic of the day and time we live in. Because in our day and time, way too much emphasis is put on self. What are my needs? What are my desires? What do I want? What's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? You see, we like to think it's all about me. But even Jesus Christ didn't think it was all about Him. Jesus said no to self. Jesus laid self aside to serve others. He said, let a man deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Write this down. It's on the final exam. There is no life so empty as a self-centered life. As someone one time said, pretty, pretty aptly, a fool in love with himself has no rivals. Real love is a steadfast love. Think about this instance. Think about the point in Jesus' life that this event took place. Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world. In just a few short hours, Jesus is going to be crucified. What would you have been doing at that point? What would I have been doing at that point? If we had been in Jesus' shoes at that particular point in time, what would our attitude have been? I'm about to be crucified. I'm fixing to go to the cross. I don't have time to be washing nobody's feet. It's not time to be, be, for me to be thinking about how your feet might need to be washed. It's time for me to be thinking about myself. It's time for me to be thinking about what I've got to deal with. I'm going to be nailed to a cross, hanging for all the world to see. You want your feet washed, you go wash your own feet. But look at what it says. Look at what it says. It says there, Jesus knowing 
it's in verse 3 of chapter 13. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things to His hands, He was come from God and went to God, Jesus, knowing, rose from supper. And He began to wash their feet. Jesus knew that dark Gethsemane was in front of Him. Jesus knew that bitter Calvary was there to be faced. He knew that shame and rejection and humiliation were all coming to Him. And knowing that Calvary was there and knowing that humiliation and shame and rejection was coming, knowing all that, what's Jesus doing? Jesus is still loving His disciples. You know, it's easy, isn't it? When everything, as the old saying goes, everything's coming up roses, when everything's lovely, it's easy to love everybody, isn't it? But do you know who Jesus was loving that night? Jesus was even loving Judas. John tells us that Satan had entered in the heart of Judas. But Satan had entered into the heart of Judas and Jesus was washing his feet. This is the Jesus that taught us to love our enemies. The Jesus that taught us to do good to those that despitefully use us. But like the old saying goes, Jesus put His money where His mouth was. He didn't just tell us that that's what we were supposed to do. He shows us right here how it's done. He was loving the disciples. And do you know what the disciples were doing while Jesus was loving them and washing their feet? Do you know what they were doing? They were arguing among themselves about which one was going to be the greatest. While they're arguing about who's the greatest and who's the most important, Jesus is washing their feet. Guess what? They didn't deserve Jesus washing their feet that night. Jesus had other things to worry about. Jesus had a whole lot of other troubles on His mind that night. But you know what Jesus was doing? He kept on loving. Because the love of Jesus was steadfast. Look at what Jesus did that night. Look at what took place in that upper room. Folks, Jesus didn't just talk about love. Jesus actually showed love. Washing the disciples' feet was a small thing. It was a humble thing. Some would perhaps even consider it to be insignificant. The kind of thing that only a lowly slave would do. You know, sometimes there's those kinds of jobs in the work of the church. Things that aren't necessarily glamorous. But sometimes things that are needed are not necessarily the glamorous things. Real love. Real love is serving love. Loving in deed and loving in truth. Serving love. 
That's committed love. The kind of love that feels so keenly a personal responsibility in the church. The kind of personal commitment. The kind of dedication that takes ownership. Serving love. That's a love that's faithful. What I want you to do right now, I want you to see Jesus Christ. And I want you to see Him by an eye of faith right now. I want you to look right there at that door. And I want you in your sanctified imagination and with an eye of faith, I want you to see Jesus Christ in the flesh walk through that door in bodily form. I want you to see Him walk into this auditorium right here, right now, with a towel wrapped around His waist and a basin in His hands. And I want you to imagine that out of everyone here this morning, that Jesus walks right straight to you. And with eyes full of love, Jesus looks up at you and He says, May I wash your feet. If Jesus came in here this morning and walked to you with a basin of water and said, May I wash your feet, how would you feel? What would you say? Your first reaction would probably be just like Peter. Uh, no, Lord, no, you, you can't wash my feet. But then you would remember Peter. So as the Lord of glory stood there in front of you with a basin of warm water and a towel, hot tears would flow down your cheeks and you would say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you may wash my feet. I want you to imagine Jesus as He kneels down in front of you. He places that basin on the floor and He gently pulls your shoes from your feet. And He dips your feet into that water. I want you to look at those hands. And I want you to seal those nail-pierced hands as they rub your feet and massage your feet and gently Wash your feet. How would you feel? By an eye of faith, imagine that scene this morning and tell me how would you feel if that happened to you? And then suppose Jesus finished. And with eyes full of love, He looked up into your face and said, My child, will you wash my feet? And you'd look at those feet. The ones with the scar that had been left by the Roman spike. The spike that had pierced those feet as it hung on the cross for you. Those feet that walked the dusty roads of Palestine. Those feet that walked the shores of storm-swept Galilee. Those feet that never walked in sin. And you'd say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'll gladly wash your feet. We can't do that. 
We can't show our love to Jesus this morning by literally washing His feet. But we can wash His feet by loving Him. By loving Him with a selfless, steadfast, serving love. He said in John chapter 14 and verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. It's His invitation as we stand and while we sing.